I say, so what's going on? And they said, well, we have a situation where a guy uh, grabbed his three-year-old son and ran or something like that. So uh, prosecution's case was um, apparently on the night of or the night before, uh, they, this guy was at a party and he had hits blasting in the background. And uh, one of the songs that was playing was Dirty Weapons by the Killer Dwarves. And I went, what? And they said, I think they're trying to make a case that this song kind of inspired this guy to take action. Apparently, seeing Left oh carrying a weapon, and I kind of went, this, and I'm saying to myself, this is the lamest thing I've ever heard. This is like Judas Priest all over again. Yeah. Oh so my God. Uh, I checked out the lyrics, and of course, uh, I called them back and said, you know, the first thing you can't understand what the hell they're saying, it's just a metal song. And this song is actually an anti gun song, it's not a pro, a pro gun song, pro. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, I, I, so I, I decided, okay, I'll just follow through this. I have to see this one through. So I show up yeah. to the courthouse, and uh, apparently they uh, postponed the case because the guy uh, fled the night before the the trial. After he fled, did they call you back for another subpoena for playing Born to Run? <laughs> <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we all we all are aware of what's going on with Kanye West these days, uh, running for president. Uh, and, uh, you know, sort of barricading himself to his compound in, uh, where is he, in Utah or something like that? Kanye West in Utah. I mean, it's perfect, right? Yeah. But he's in a lot of trouble. He's got some mental health issues. There's no doubt about that whole thing. But what's most important about Kanye is new music. And he just dropped a new record today called Donda. Um, Did Taylor Swift punk his release? Because Taylor Swift dropped a new album today as well, too. Yeah. And in this world world of music, it's really important that we kind of focus beyond the usual rock and roll type of things that we talk about to look at some of the most important and influential artists in there. Uh, Taylor's got a new album that came out today called Folklore and a new single called Cardigan. And uh, I haven't heard anything from Donda yet, although a new song came out last week. Um, but it's just kind of fun, you know, Kanye and, and, uh, and Taylor at it again. So. Apparently, lyri- apparently lyrically, the new, uh, Taylor Swift album is supposed to be really good. I just listened, I was just listening to the, uh, cardigan when I was in the car going to McDonald's this morning, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty apparently gorgeous, lyrically, it, eh? supposed, it's supposed to be good. Yeah. Yeah. The new, um, the, 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 I think the, the newest Kanye West song, uh, is called wash in wash in his blood or wash us in the blood or something. Yeah. That's a new single. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, you, you know, I, I, not, not to, not to beat up on, on Christian music, but, but it is ve- like, like he's, it seems like he's really, he's really continuing on from kind of the foundation he built with his last record, right. uh, where it, it, it's really you know, it's it's worship music at the end of the day. Like that's all it really is, and the beats are okay. But it, it's a little, it's a little off putting for me personally. I'm not I'm not a Christian, and I I'm a big Kanye fan. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's every day. It's getting harder and harder to be a big Kanye fan for sure. Um, but 
yeah, I just, you know, his craziness, in my opinion, has really bled into the music. And now it's gotten to a point where, like, I, 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 I couldn't even make it all the way through that song. So, mm, wow. And the beat is really, amazing. That, the beat is one of the statement. best beats I've ever heard. That's yeah, a statement, crazy. though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, when it, serious. I know how much you, you, you like his music and and have been a fan. So to say that, yeah, yeah, I think I think you find I, I have to start listening to the rest of the crowd going. This guy's just a wackadoo. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> it started to get into his music. Like I, that's yeah. the thing. Like he, the, a lot of the stuff that I really would listen to, it, a, a lot of his 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 more recent albums I really enjoyed. Um, the, there was there was the one um, where it's. There was one where he, it was like a concept album of his bipolarity. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was only like six, seven songs. And that was kind of weird, too. But he's just, yeah, it's just been a, a steep decline, in my opinion, as far as the musical caliber of what he's doing. And, and, and now it seems like Kanye West isn't so much a figure of, of he isn't so much a, a rock star as he is a cultural star. Uh, and and it seems like a lot of his yeah. music's just taking a backseat to just whatever the the, the spectacle have, the spectacle that's the word yeah. I was looking for yeah. exactly the spectacle yeah. that which is a shame because he's so talented. I, I think it, as some of us have have our favorite artists, you know, the ones that have been legacy artists have been around for twenty years maybe, and if we look back on the career, we can easily find those parts of the career where it's like ah, I don't know like like what they did here, you know. Yeah, like I'm, you, I'm you a Pearl Jam of, fan. That happens over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right, and and. There's an arc to an artist, and I think part of that arc is that there's, there becomes a sense, I want to go outside of what people expect of me and try something different. Yeah. I need to do that. I'm not sure if this is going to be the case here with Kanye, because I think there's, I really do think there's some mental health issues that are at play here that are mm-hmm. distracting yeah. him Big from time. his creativity, and I think that's maybe what bugs you. But I am going to say this, and I'm going to say it on the record, is I saw a Kanye concert, and it's one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen. And I saw it in the Hammer at Cops Coliseum, I'm and sure of it, it yeah. was one of those things that uh, I sat on the I sat on the uh, I sat up, bolt straight up on the edge of my chair for the entire two hours, and said, "Oh my God, what am I seeing? This is unbelievable!" Cool. I, it, it hit me over the head like a sledgehammer, and I'm late to the Kanye party. I'm going to say this, but man, I yeah, I woke up <laughs> that night. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy is creative." It's powerful exciting fun don't know what's going to happen next how often do you get that at a concert you go to a concert so what is he going to do next mm-hmm. and it was that's one of, there are very few artists that have done that for me and maybe because it's uh, i'm not acquainted with it but holy shit and the production kind of dazzles you a little bit as well too and it's, that was part of it production values were high so really quickly if i could interject that there's a there's a couple of careers where uh, mental illness is not forgiven where it's magnified and loathed and rock superstar and leader of the free world happen to top those two lists. And I mean, like, I'm not making a joke, but I mean, these these two men, both men are mentally not well. Yeah. And as opposed to us saying, oh, geez, I suppose, particularly in the case of the U.S. president, he's put himself in that position. But we're far less forgiving of people with mental illness when they're in prominent positions is, yeah, I yeah. guess, what I'm what I'm trying to get at here and uh and neither 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 of these people are well at all uh, they're both they're both yeah now granted yeah. Uh, on that uh, on that line you know, I mean one of them is one of them makes music 
and one of them makes humongous decisions that affect, you know what I mean, millions and millions of people. So True, <laughs> true, but I'm just they saying... They both should have pe- their Twitter accounts shut down for a little bit, pe- though. People in prominent positions are, are far less forgiven for uh, yeah. obviously, obvious yeah. mental health shortcomings, shall we say, that uh, than, than other people are. We, we give other people a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more empathy and a little bit more compassion, despite the yeah, fact that neither may deserve it. Um, that's that, I think that's just a fact. Okay. Anyway, speaking of fun. <laughs> speaking of cardigans, let's get on to our one hit wonders. Um, one hit, the the one hit wonder is you, you don't know what to make of it because like there are one hit wonders I love for the pure schmaltz. There are one-hit wonders that I love because they're just simply great songs, and there are one-hit wonders. Uh, one comes to mind for me in particular where you wonder, why on earth was that their one hit when they had so many great songs? Oh, interesting you say that, yeah. You know? I mean, like, there, there are certain artists I wonder, I, I when I look back on the song, and I think, that's probably all they had. They got signed to a record company, they said, that's a great song, we're going to put it out. Oh, you're going to put on a new record, and you're going to do the press, you're going to travel around the world, and you know that... It, that that a year and a half later the record company is done with them they yeah. were they were born to be a one-hit wonder you know and then there are some i i think i know what you're talking about i mean i can see this about pearl jam of all the things that pearl jam had their number one song was a cover version last right? kiss yeah last kiss you know chuck berry of all the songs that he did his number one song was a novelty song my dingaling and it's like it just totally. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into it. I want to hear what everybody's got. All right, uh, who's leading off? I, I doesn't matter to me. I'll go yeah. first. Yeah. I'll go first. So for me, I think uh, when I think of one hit wonders, I think of. Uh, I mean, whether the song is good or bad, uh, you, you probably know ninety five percent of the words to it. Um, usually, that's because of radio overplay or just because some of them have kind of just become almost part of our culture. <laughs> despite the fact, despite the fact that it was only that one song. So I sent a list yesterday, and as I kind of kept looking at, uh, at at more of them, I'm like, no, that is definitely a good one. So. I'll go with um, I got a few here. So uh, the the Safaris with Wipeout. Oh, yes. because because everybody just everybody knows the drum roll. Everybody tries to do the drum roll with their hand and then says Wipeout. Um, the Shocking Blue with Venus, because everybody knows I'm a Venus because of probably commercials. But, um, you know, I mean, another one hit wonder. Yes, and I didn't realize that was a song from the like from the 60s. It's from 1969. Yes, it is. Um, Shocking Blue. Yeah. And then I'll also just uh, in my first little barrage here, I'll throw in uh, Michael Sambello with Maniac. Because um, obviously made popular uh, in a lot of movies. And whenever I think of that song, I immediately think of Chris Farley dancing to Maniac. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll wrap up my first barrage with, uh, with Safari's Shocking Blues Venus and Michael Sambello Maniac. <laughs> Is that, was was Chris Farley? Is that on SNL when they're doing that whole Chippendale sketch? No, it was in. I think it was in no. either Tommy Boy or no, it wasn't the Patrick Swayze one. It's, it was yeah. in the, either Tommy Boy or uh, Black Sheep. One of those two. It's Tommy Boy for sure. Tommy yeah, Boy. With, with, when he's getting oh, he's sprayed, getting sprayed with the gas. With the, yeah, he's getting sprayed off after they were tipping <laughs> <Yeah>. cows. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, All right. That's, a, that's a pretty that. decent opening salvo. <laughs> there there yeah, you go. Definitely. Definitely. And, by the way, I, I love how you introduced. Uh, yeah. If you're a one hit wonder, people know 95 percent of the lyrics. And the first one you listed was Wipeout, <laughs> which I believe the lyrics are. <laughs> Wipeout. Yeah, exactly. So you probably know 100% of those ones. <laughs> Who else has tequila by any chance? Who's going next? I can go next. Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, here, this is, this is one of those, this is one of those ones I remember when I, when I heard this song, I, I expected a lot more from the band and, and I might've, I, I might've been, um, I might have been a little off and a little a little bit uh, optimistic for them more than more than most people. Yeah, uh, j- just because uh, you know they they did come off to be a little bit of a novelty act. That is, uh, so I'm going to go with. Uh, the darkness, um, I believe in <laughs> Scratch a thing that off called my love. List. <laughs> um, it's honest. It's 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 seriously it's it's a great fucking song and and it's almost it, it's funny because it's 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 just a hair metal anthem essentially and and but it, it when it came out I think it was two thousand and three it really took off the music video was fantastic um, I do it's fun it's funny it's one of those bands uh, and songs and videos I think that would have been served better had it been released this year or a couple of years ago I think it would have been a little bit more like just with the prominence of the internet and, and and how big of a factor that is in a band's popularity I think it would have completely taken them to an entirely different level I mean just as a novelty act you think like who wouldn't want to go see the darkness live like you'd have to be insane <laughs> you'd right? have to be insane I'm a huge darkness fan I'm, I can't believe you picked that picked this song. I got all excited when you started talking about the darkness they're so good they're so good when they came out people didn't know what to make of it okay here's yeah. this guy that's singing this falsetto not like Freddie Mercury falsetto in the sense that it's it's beautiful good. it's almost like oh stop it it's just like weird and a lot of people weren't sure whether they should take this band seriously because when you looked at them they look like a cartoon band Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you see them live, holy shit, they're amazing live. It's funny, Chris. Um, you said if they were if they released that now, I or or I would think maybe even twenty years earlier, exactly. either yes, twenty years weird. earlier or twenty years later, and they would have been just you know, I mean the bee's knees, but <laughs> because they came out when the they did, knees. they were almost a joke. Bee's knees. Yeah, well, I just brought that one back. Holy. <laughs> 1942 is on line three on hold for you there, buddy. It's, you know, as we go along, too, I, I think it might be worth it for some of these one hit wonders as we name them to name a, a two hit wonder like a oh, should have been a hit because get your hands off of my woman by the darkness would be like at the top of my list. But it never made it quite like, yeah, I'm you know a what personal I mean? favorite the song Black Shuck. If you know their first record, Black Shuck, the dog that don't give up. I'm sorry, they had more than one record. Oh yeah, they had a couple of albums. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you learned something new. Oh, uh, they're they're pretty. I'll tell you a story about the day they broke up. It's great. Anyways, uh, I'll I'll go next, uh, and I'll I'll start. Well, you know what? I'll I'll go with the one where I can't believe it was their one hit, and it was by far my 
not my least favorite, but certainly not my favorite Blind Melon song, and that's No Rain. Yeah, they're on my how, list too. How on earth? Like, sit down with their discography. This I is know. a seriously legitimate, mm-hmm. talented band that wrote great lyrics and great music and just had a really good feel to them. And I could, I could go on and on about Blind Melon. They're just, they're such a damn great band I just don't understand how one of in my mind one of their weakest songs became the one that everybody knows yep you, uh, you just made a huge there. fan with my wife she's a big Blind Melon fan man that is uh, for sure like Mouthful of Cavities holy fuck that's a good song oh, like this man. is one after another like yeah it, it really sit down you owe yourself a favor if 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 you if you think no rain is even a slightly appealing song then sit down with blind melon's entire discography and have a good listen because you'll realize there's no reason that they couldn't have been much much bigger than they were yeah there is one there is big. one reason and that reason is heroin but other than well, that, no. well, <laughs> yeah. to, but heroin listen, got to Nirvana you, too. It, so, when you, when yeah, you for think sure. about where Blind Melon came out with that song, and, and to Ben's case, I agree. Like, what happened here? Because there was a, an, a gold, it was a golden age of video at that time, and you would think that the record company would have exploited them big time, especially after the B, the B girl, the Dancing Bee, yeah, the yeah. Dancing Bee girl, and that thing says, "Oh, this band is just, you know, this band's music is just made." for mtv why wasn't there more uh, there's there's i gotta I, i'm curious what the answer is because ben i get it uh, i was never I, a big fan like you are but i definitely acknowledge this band had more talent and deserved more than just a one-hit wonder absolutely and, so and good it, it could have been that the, maybe the band sort of checked out they didn't want to have anything to do with it you know what i mean is that you know we don't want to be one of those bands with hit singles i mean look at the way pearl jam you know evaded the hit single thing it says we don't want to be that band we want right. to avoid we want to avoid the machinery of becoming popular we don't want to be trivialized by singles and videos and maybe after the whole no rain experience they said uh we're out you know maybe that's what it was like we'll continue oh, to record so and to tour but we don't want any part of this part of the business you know i don't know if that's the answer i'm wondering if that's what it is yeah, and then you've I, heard you've heard unified theory Aben. Which is yeah. Blind Melon without Shannon Hoon, basically. But yeah, so it loses a little something. But yeah, fantastic band. Good, yeah, good pick. That, yeah, that whole band was just packed with a buttload of talent. And again, it's mystifying to me that that was their quote-unquote one hit when they had so many, so many great songs. So uh, that's my first entry on our list. Good pick, man. Okay, I, uh, with my, when I, when this thing, whole thing came up, I mean, there are hundreds of one-hit wonders, and they're all, I have to admit, I've, I've got some regular ones here as well, too, but I kind of want to think around this, and I thought, all right, I want to take a different tact with this. My first three songs, and I'll do these one at a time, uh, are three, they're one-hit wonders, depending upon what chart you're looking at, and they're three of the most influential songs in popular music in the last 70 years, Okay. Wow, okay. And, and my first one is called Rocket 88 and is done by an artist called Jackie Brinston and his Delta Cats. This, by most music scholars, is the first rock and roll single. And it goes back to the 1950s. Now, Jackie Brinston was a saxophone player for Ike Turner. Now, we know Ike Turner and Tina Turner yeah. rolling down the river, Proud Mary and all the rest. Well, Ike Turner was an, a really good songwriter and a really good band leader as well, too. But Jackie Brenson was his saxophone player. And 
This one gets acknowledged as being the first rock and roll single, although it will be argued. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it's Elvis. It was Elvis. And it's, no, it was Chuck Berry. No, a lot of people say it was Jackie Gregson as Delta Cat. Really, Rocket 88 was written by Ike Turner. There's a whole convoluted story about how Brenston's name got put on this whole thing. But he actually sang on the song and played saxophone. But what it set apart from everything else, it's a jump blues song. What made it different from everything else is that it kind of had a bit of an edge. And it had this fuzz tone guitar, had this real noisy kick-ass guitar in the middle of this that ran all the way through it. Now, the legend goes that the band were traveling on Highway 61. Yes, the same one from the Bob Dylan song between Mississippi up to Memphis to record with Sam Phillips, okay? And they got a flat tire. And so they said, oh, we gotta take all the gear out of the trunk. Now in the trunk was their amplifier and somebody dropped the amplifier <laughs> and, ripped, and ripped the cone on the inside of the amplifier. So they changed the tire to get back in, they plug it in the studio and it sounds like shit. So what are we going to do, man? It's not like these guys have a lot of money. They're, they're black guys from the South, I take it. So they take the amplifier and they stuff it with magazines and newspapers to sort of support the cone. And they plug it in and they get this really nasty tone on the guitar. Sam Phillips, the same guy that recorded Elvis and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis, that guy, he says, I like that sound. And that became the foundation of that real badass guitar sound for rock and roll. Really? So it's Rocket 88. And Rocket 88, by the way, is a sort of like a, a, a hymn, if you will, a, a, a love song to the Oldsmobile Rocket 88, the Oldsmobile 88 vehicle. That's going to come into play in my next song. Again, one of the most pivotal songs in rock or in popular music. Go. Who's next? Can, can I just ask a quick question? Because yeah. this, this, I, I Polly, this would probably be right down your alley. I don't know if the rest of us could support a theme on this, but um, accidental musical discoveries. Because I don't know if the story is true, yeah. but feedback, from what I understand, was really discovered when John Lennon set his amp down in front of a guitar, and um, what's uh, the. Uh, I'm so glad that she's my little... Was it the beginning of that song? What's the beginning of the Beatles song that has the big thing of feedback? I feel fine. That when they were recording that, yeah. Lennon sat his guitar down in front of the amp and it created that feedback that we all know at the beginning of the song. And that huh. was the first time where everybody in the room went, what the fuck is that noise? Now, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I, I don't or know if it's an urban myth, but I think I think every guitar player who plugs in his guitar and gets a little too close to the amp and turns it up discovers feedback really really sure. It's it's not discovering it, it's how can we use it? How can we yeah, right. Yes. You know, and and you when you go into the whole thing it's like how can we control the feedback and make it work for us? You know what I mean? How close do you get? How much where's that balance? And then how do we make feedback musical? Hmm. that's where the creativity comes in. And that's a great example. Yeah. That early. Yeah. And I yeah. feel fine for the Beatles. Sick. I'm not cool. sure. That's a good story though. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. if it's not true, it, it sounds really good. So use it at your next dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mark, you're next. 
for my next one, I'll tell you, uh, it, it starts off with a story about how I went to go see the Eagles um, and it'll lead into my one hit wonder. So uh, one time my dad just out of the blue called my brother and I and said that he had tickets to go see the Eagles at, uh, at Roy Thompson Hall in Toronto. And I was like, fuck, it's going to be great. Like small Whoa. venue, going to go see the Eagles. So we, uh, Hall? I know. Yeah. So my wife right. and I, um, I, I think, I believe we took the go train. We may have uh, driven down to Toronto, but we, anyway, we head down to Toronto and uh, we go and grab a bite to eat before the show. And then we start walking up towards Roy Thompson Hall only to find out that we weren't going to see the Eagles at all. We were going to see the Eels. So I will oh. use Novocaine for the Soul so, by the Eels oh, as a memorable uh, one hit wonder that I saw. That was the only fucking song they played all night that I knew. <laughs> no, I and they are not the say, Eagles. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't want to jump, jump on your story. I was going to say, your brother didn't take you to see the Eagles of death metal, did he? No, no, no. Because no, they're no. awesome. I've seen them It was the Eels, so... Totally different yeah. animal. Novocaine <laughs> for the Soul was a great song. Uh, they had a song called Beautiful Day, too. It was featured in a really bad Tom Green film. I can't remember what it was. Road Trip, I think it was. Oh, but okay. uh, yeah, uh, they, they had a couple of decent songs, too. But yeah, Novocaine for the Soul was a, was a wicked one-hit wonder. Good pick. Yeah, they could be in that Blind Melon category where, you know what I mean, they probably have a ton. Like, if you're a... If you're an Eels fan, like there's probably some Eels fans right now, like, no, man, track eight on their 17th yeah, yeah. album was awesome. Of course. <laughs> so. Ben, it's funny that you mention Tom Green because that plays into my next pick. Have you? Did you guys ever know that before Tom Green became like a popular, uh, yes. you know, asshole, Canadian asshole, uh, he was actually a musician. He was a rapper yeah, in a band a called Organized Rhyme, and they created a gem of a song called "Check the Or." And it, I don't know how big it is. I don't even know if it technically qualifies. As a hit, I think that's tech, that's what what a one hit wonder is. It has one to be song a hit. Wonder. <laughs> it's a song. It's they definitely made a song, and I definitely remember watching it on Much Music when it was there. And I and I actually enjoyed this. Like I I, I dug the song before I actually knew it was it was Tom Green. Um, and it added a little bit of an extra depth to the song afterwards, and and a little bit more of that like I don't know. It's a little bit more charming when you know that Tom Green would go on to do what he ended up doing. Um, and the music video is pretty funny because it's just him with a video camera and Tom Green style kind of, you know, that that um, that gorilla recording style that that's really popular now, but was really in, inventive back when he was doing it. Um, yes, it was. I think it was in the 90s. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge... I, I know, again, I, I was called Tom Green an asshole. I think he's he's actually... Um, I don't think he gets an, as much credit as he deserves given the media landscape now and how much of an impact he really had in shaping it. Um, he he wasn't American, but he, he managed to take over MTV for a little spat there. And, and I think ever since he was around, you know, people have people have been kind of taking his you know he invented planking not to get too off topic here you remember planking yeah really like back in the day in the 90s yeah one of his one of his sketches one of, one of his sketches he went in the middle of times square and he just plant like planked and just like lied face down on the ground for like six hours 
and like <laughs> and like it's just like the, the whole sketch was just people just like walking past him like not knowing what to do like it was oh just like odd anyways <laughs> i'm sorry but uh, the, the the it's hard to top long became long before he became a popular asshole canadian <laughs> asshole it's gonna be tough to beat here that's uh that's, that's some so check material. the or by organized rhyme featuring the one and only tom green wow um, what a pick i like it i like it <laughs> the weird uh, owl of canada yeah, my next sure. one, I let's see, I've got I've got a little bit from every decade here, so I'll go to the seventies, and this is a great song that's been covered a lot of times and features some of my favorite guitar work, and that's "I'd Love to Change the World" by Ten Years After. Oh, that's I'm a good pick this one. Uh, pardon me. I was going to pick this one too. Oh, I'm sorry, Polly. Well, but yeah, I got lots here. Yeah, yeah, I know you probably do, but it's it's uh, the song stands for itself. I mean, just sit down, throw some head. That's a good headphone song. <laughs> throw it on, it just uh, you'll be blown away. It's just again, it's one of those. Geez, these guys must have had a whole bunch of other hits. No, they. They didn't. You got to be no. kidding me, because this song's fucking awesome. Well, yeah, it, it's, crazy. It's, interest, it's interesting in the Woodstock movie. Um, ten years after, in it, and they're they're not doing. I love to change the world. They're doing. I'm going, going home. home. Yeah, which is a cover version, but whatever. Um, but but yeah, I, when I was a, I was a kid when that came out, and I heard it on an AM radio, a little tiny speaker this big, and that song was larger than life for me. I freaking right? love that song. Yeah, me too. Me too. There's a really good cover by an artist named Philip Sace, if you want to look him up. He's a oh, yeah. really, really great guitar player, and he does a mean cover of that song. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yep, for anyone who wants to check it out. Polly, I believe you're next. Okay, so uh, again, with my, my theme of my one-hit wonders, at least my first three are uh, some of the most influential songs in recorded music, and they ended up being one-hit wonders. My next one... Uh, I was alive for this one because my first one was Rocket 88. I wasn't alive. The next one is this one here, and I'm holding it up to the camera because we're doing this video wise. <laughs> nice. Is Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Sugar Gang. Hill Gang. Uh, which many people have said is the first rap song, although the people in the rap community would... Oh, it's an interesting story. Rap music started in the Bronx. I'm not going to get too long in this, but the story how this song came together is cut, and the controversy that went around with it was great. Rap music was not being recorded. It was a thing that was done at house parties in all the boroughs in New York. And um, the only way people could experience it was by trading, trading cassette tapes. Tapes were being handled all over the place. Oh, you hear to hear these jams that were taking places in gyms and in bowling alleys and parks and all the rest. And um, there's this woman. She was a record. She was a, a recording artist in the 1970s, and she started up a new record company. Her name is where is it? Sylvia Robinson. And Sylvia had a record company with her partner and. They went, she went to his birthday party up in Harlem, I think it was, and she heard this rap music. She says, man, we got to record this. Nobody recorded this. So she sent her son out one day said, find me somebody who can do this, who can perform this kind of music. And she kind of came up blank, but she came across these three guys. And one of the guys is named his, his, his DJ name, his rap name was Big Hank. And Big Hank was a rapper from Harlem. And so Big Hank worked at a pizza store called Big Krusty Pizza. (laughs) 
and um, <laughs> she pulls up, and here's the tie into old uh, into Rocket eighty eight, an Oldsmobile eighty eight. She pulls up in an Oldsmobile ninety eight, and she has an audition inside of her car. There are three other MCs that are in the car with Big Hank, or two others with Big Hank, and she says, "Look at guys are all good." I'm going to put you three guys together and we're going to record this song. And so they became the Sugar Hill Gang. And so they went in and they took, like all rappers did back in the day, they took a borrowed, a borrowed riff or borrowed beat from a record. And they did this rap that went on and on and on. 15 minutes long was Rapper's Delight. And it became an instant sensation. It was played on every single radio station in New oh, York. Once again, nobody would pay attention to this stuff outside of New York. It became a sensation outside of New York. The controversy began because the guys in the rap community who've been doing this for you know almost five, like seven or eight years, gone. Who the fuck is this guy? What is this Sugar Hill? This Sugar Hill gang, and why are they singing our lyrics? See, Big Hank used to go to a lot of these rap parties and. You know, he used to hang out, and he literally borrowed a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the raps and the rhyming from other MCs up in Harlem. These guys were pissed off, and they also didn't like it because this is kind of a lame version of rap music. That's none of the fun that we have. They acknowledged it was a sensation, but they kind of said, "Like, what the hell's this dude doing?" The other part of the controversy is that the music under, under, that's underneath the whole thing is Good Times by Chic. Niall Rogers is in New York City, and he hears it and said, hey, what the fuck? So he actually sues Sylvia Robbins and said, hey, look at copyright infringement. We can't do this. Now, Rogers will go on to say that, I'll go as as I invented rap music, but he got a piece of the action. So his name is on the credits, the writing credits for this whole thing. Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight, first hip hop song, and the rest is history. It is indeed. I uh, I read a thing, or I think I watched a documentary where they were talking about where you just said hip hop. That that's where that term hip hop came from is because a lot of them didn't know what the song was called, so they were like, "What's that? Uh, what's that? What's that hip 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 hop song that's uh, that we keep hearing?" So that's how it kind of that you term know, emerged, which was kind of cool like, too. Like so many things, like so many things, it doesn't begin with that song. It became popular because of that song. There's yeah. a there's a, there's a whole essay there on the origins of hip hop. Some guy went hip. Uh, he's commenting about buddy. Apparently, what I read was there was a guy. His friend was uh, going into the army, and he started mocked him. And he says, "You know, you know, hip hop, hip hop." Like yeah, March, yeah. One, it was a marching beat type of thing, and that's where it came from. But ah. I don't know. I mean, this stuff came off the street. Who documents it until? decades later you know and that's yeah. where it started but now are, actually, are those other artists I, sure that the, this band stole their beats because it could be like vanilla ice with ice ice baby where he he's sure that they didn't take david bowie and queens under pressure that he's like he's like no if you listen to it theirs is boom 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 boom, boom and mine is boom 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 boom, boom. <laughs> so. Sure, sure. Explain it away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brutal. You it's can brutal. definitely did. Uh, Vanilla Ice is definitely a man of integrity. You know, you can, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell. Van Winkle his various appearances on uh, celebrity boxing and his renovation show, and you know all, all of all of those things that he does is just you know. Uh, don't forget about all those achievements that he did. 
Don't forget all about all of his achievements long before he became a popular asshole, Chris. That's American, <laughs> American asshole. One last, one last thing on, on the Sugar Hill Gang and Rapper's Delight. It was the first ever 12-inch single. Okay. Was it really? Cool. Yeah. All, tw- all singles were on seven inches, or seven inch vinyl. It was the first 12 inch single. And I Very think it's because cool. a lot, probably because a lot of DJs uh, who were doing rap music back in the day were working with 12 inch vinyl and they said, well, you got to put it on a 12 inch or, you know. You can't, pl- you can't, you can't scratch a seven inch record, man. So. <laughs> Okay, uh, who's up next, Mark? All right, it's me here. Yeah, um, so I actually, I actually did a little uh, music history research here. So, Paulie, you can be proud of me. I, uh, oh. I, step, I try to step up my game on Fridays. Usually, I just completely wing it and say stupid shit. But when you're in, I feel inclined to actually uh, learn something. So. Um, Early 60s, you can obviously imagine what the rock charts probably looked like. It was the Beatles on top. It was the Rolling Stones, Beatles, Rolling Stones, flipping back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I'll start it off as a trivia question, actually, here for you, Polly. Okay. Who who knocked the Beatles or the Rolling Stones off of the number one charts back uh, back in the early 60s? Petula Clark. I don't know. <laughs> no, the answer is uh, the Dave Clark Five with their oh, song, with their awesome. song "Glad All Over," which was actually uh, the song that knocked "I Want to Hold Your Hand" off of the uh, top of the UK singles charts. The first time I ever heard that song, I, I was with my stepdad, and he's he's from uh, he's from England, and he I mean he always uh, let me listen to his older his older albums and stuff like that. He played that for me, and I immediately thought it was the Beatles. It has yeah. that Beatles sound, that Beatles feel, but it is not the Beatles if you've never heard it uh, I suggest you listen to it but if you say think you've never heard it I bet you if you listen to it you'll listen to it and be like I've heard that song and I thought that was the fucking Beatles so that, check it out the DC5 as soon as you hear the name and Polly, I saw you even do the hand motion. It's that little drum that boom, drum. boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what makes the song. It's, a, to- it's yeah. a great, it's a great hook, but it's a and it's a great song. It's a good. Yeah. Pick. So glad all there's, over. There's, by some of the, there's something a way about the way they the the engineering in those songs, the way that they just come out. There's just you don't hear that. You know, it, it maybe because it's just overly simple. But back then, they didn't have process and they didn't have pro tools. It was done raw. And there's something so great about some of those 60 songs and the way they just leap out at you, you know. And when I say glad all over, it's just like it just I want to jump up because yeah. it's just one of those great oh, little rock so and roll fun. songs. So it fun. is. Yeah, absolutely. OK, um, so I, gr- growing up, I, I, I had a very uh significant aversion to 80s music and just in general i i i hated it i thought it was dumb i thought the style was dumb i thought i was really you know it's funny now because uh back then i thought anything that didn't have like analog instruments like a guitar or bass or drums was just i just wrote it off entirely now it's completely different right i mean uh it, it, because so much of music is 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 digital and 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 it's just as good in my opinion now I've I've definitely appreciated it, um, but yeah the, the there was a turning point specifically where I started to t- to to learn to appreciate how much fun 80s music actually could possibly be i didn't i didn't outwardly tell anybody that i was digging this song and this is probably the first time i've ever said it <laughs> that i actually enjoy it but the the reason why okay so so it, it all goes back to i was I was on the ps2 video games is, is was a big was a big uh 
um, outlet for me, uh, especially, and it, it exposed me to a lot of music that I normally wouldn't hear. Uh, and and specifically, uh, Grand Theft Auto Grand Vice Theft Auto. City. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Vice, Vice City, City was Vice City <laughs> was the eighties equivalent. Uh it was the it was it was took place in the eighties. It was Miami kind of Miami Vice style stuff. And the song, which is clearly a one hit wonder, is Flock of Seagulls I Ran. And yep. I, I I can understand and so so you know, before before we we started uh before before we recorded in the in the prep to this you know there there was a little bit of a conversation of me kind of representing two thousands and twenty tens era like like um, one hit wonders I found it really hard to do that because I have heard so many of these songs so many times that they make me sick like I I like there's a ton of songs on here that qualify as one hit wonders and I I just I really can't get I I I, they, I can't bring myself to to praise them because they're yeah. I, I, I'm just so sick of them. So I, I found that like a lot of the songs that I really did end up picking were songs that weren't popular when I was listening to music because it's just, I'm not, I'm not ruined on them. And, and that's definitely a case for this one. So I, I can't speak to, you know, I, I guys that, that, that were around when this song was popular, I'm sure it, it kind of made you guys sick too, but you know, it, it's just, it's, 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 if it comes on when I'm driving, <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, whether it's in a video game or whether it's in real life, I mean, it just it just hits the right spot. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with "Iran" by Flock of Seagulls. Good one. That is a solid pick. Um, great hair too, like solid yes. hair. I swear to you, like stocks stock shares in Aquanet went up tenfold when Flock of Seagulls hit it big, man. The, well, the, the hairspray industry wonder. just blew up. In our, uh, by the way, we, Ben, we started this whole thing off talking about what makes a one-hit wonder, and the thing about Flock of Seagulls, I, I was starting my radio career back in those days when that came out, and a lot of these bands had follow-up singles to their big song. Chart-wise, if we go back and take a look at Flock of Seagulls, there are, there are a couple of others that, I think there was one called Wishing, and these things actually did well. But what's important is that 20, 30 years later, the only song that we remember by these artists is that one, and Flock of Seagulls, I ran, definitely one of those. Yep. Uh, yep. Definitely one of those. <laughs> Does anybody uh, remember Wishing? Yeah, no, I don't. No. <laughs> Um, I'll go back to the 90s, I guess, for my next one. And I mean, I don't think that there's ever been a song, let alone a hit song, that dryly and so accurately depicts the story of a man losing his dick. But King... <laughs> King Missile, Detachable Penis. Oh, my God. Totally <laughs> forgot about that song. Is a work of art. I mean, not only is it's it's more of a narrative, actually, like the, 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 there's no singing to it, with the exception of the backup vocals that only say one thing. Detachable Penis. And how the band made it <laughs> through the whole song without they, they, there must have been a few retakes. Like, I don't know how they did it with a straight face. Um, if you've never heard the song, yo, yourself just. <laughs> It's a it's a funny story. It's a, it, it, it is a genuinely funny story about a man who has a detachable penis and loses it. The hook, oh and is, it, the hook is yeah, amazing. he has to go searching for. He goes down to the Kiev, I believe, is the is how the story goes. Detachable and yes, penis. detachable penis is definitely on my list. King missile, way to go. <laughs> 
There's my earworm. I think the I think the show just drove right off the curb with that one. You have to make you have to say that for the rest of the show while we're all talking, Ben. Just look quietly in the background. <laughs> all right, Polly, go ahead. Oh yeah, I, gotta, I have to follow that one up. So like, my yeah, first your, three your song's probably about somebody with an attached penis, isn't it? My first three songs in my list of one-hit wonders are all incredibly important records in the history of music, the stuff that we love. So what, like detachable penis? Yeah, isn't. like that. Like that <laughs> fucking <laughs> gold. So I had Rocket 88, the number one first rock and roll single. We had Rapper's Delight, the song that started hip hop, or at least was the beginning of recorded hip hop. My next one is highly highly influential in the world of electronic music. It is Autobahn by Kraftwerk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, like Ben was talking about, uh, I'd love to change the world. I was listening to AM radio, which was my outlet. I did PS2 hadn't been invented and the stuff that came out of the radio is like what the hell is that so this song comes out autobahn and it's like robot singing so craft are based out of germany and these guys were the not the first but they're the ones that kind of made electronic music musical they experimented with drum machines synthesizers and vocoders and stuff like that and crafted this what, what was it? It was an album side. Autobahn was a full album side, but then they made it a 12 inch. They cut it down to three and a half minutes. And Autobahn and Kraftwerk end up influencing popular music right through to hip hop to, to, to everything. I mean, if you take a look at music today, it's funny as we run this arc, you know, we talk, but I talk about this arc where, you know, where we started and where we came from. When I started with Rocket 88, music was largely on the piano and was driven by a real rock and saxophone. And then in the 60s and 70s and the 80s, we get this electric guitar. And then in the 80s, we switch over and we start having synthesizers. If you listen to popular music today, there are no guitars. The guitar is virtually disappeared, and it's all done by computers and machines. Think Kraftwerk in the early 1970s and the way they stood up in front of an audience with keyboards stiff as a board, playing these very um, detached kind of tones, you know what I mean? But they made it musical. Autobahn, Kraftwerk, cool. incredibly important song. I'd love to. Give, I, I just want to give uh, now that we've done Flock of Seagulls and Kraftwerk, I want to I want to uh, give a, a sort of a hug to all keyboard players, because there's no instrument you could play where it's harder to get laid than the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you can watch a guy smash drums. You can watch a yeah. singer lean into his microphone. You can watch a guitar player just rock out. But to, okay. to watch a guy yeah. hold I a put, finger down. I put tambourine over over keyboard okay, players. Okay. Dude, like, I agree. I have an exception to that, and I know that this this artist would be really annoyed they would say this, but have you ever seen the way that Tori Amos plays the piano? Okay. You, you, it, I, I, stop I all mean, arguments. She, yep. she doesn't play the piano. She straddles the piano. Enough said. You know what she, I mean? She, and she bangs oh, the piano, man. Yeah, no, I, 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 I take it all back. Tori, all watching right. Tori Amos play piano is... <laughs> Oh, dude! Tori Amos it, is, it is it is erotic to watch oh. her play piano. It's true. Yeah, mm. Polly, you got me there. 
Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. You know, hey, I remember seeing orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Literally played in the dark. Guys never moved one inch from the, where they were. I'm going. Who's singing? I can't tell who's singing. What is going on? It was still great, but it was like always oh, different, man. When you're used to going to see bit rock bands smashing guitars, uh, and then you see these guys stand absolutely still. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, and like if it's a keyboard solo, you can't fucking tell if it's a keyboard solo. <laughs> Nobody screams at a campfire. Keyboard solo. <laughs> there are no air keyboard competitions, gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just put it yeah. out there. Um, all right. I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fire off a couple here and that way I give you guys time to, uh, to get your last ones in. Um, sure. So just honorable mentions going out to uh, Hamilton's The Killjoys for Raven Drool. Well, okay. um, I'm going to throw Eddie Murphy's party all the time in there uh, for a great for a great sort of early 90s uh, rap tune Chris I don't know if you've heard this but Slam by Onyx is a fucking fantastic cool. song which lends nice which lends nicely to House of Pain with Jump Around and uh, then uh, House of Pain uh, Everlast from House of Pain with What It's Like but my final one and I, I think the, the only reason this was a one hit wonder is because they used up every fucking word they possibly could in the title of this song therefore had no more words left for any more songs it is primitive radio gods with standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand <laughs> it is that's the bb king sample on it right yes yeah. Still not as good as that. <laughs> it's no detachable penis, but you should have added that that loop in there and just really gone over the top. But yeah, that's my last Love pick. that song. Cool. Me too. Yeah, so um I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of gloss over my pick a little bit so that I can get to some of the Facebook picks here before we wrap up. Yep. Um but uh, for my last pick, I wanted like there's there's a hip hop. The hip hop genre is ripe with one hit wonders, mm-hmm. um, and it's really hard to just pick one. Uh, I'm gonna go with "Just a Friend" by Biz Marquee, and the reason is that yeah. anytime that song comes on, and you can't really say this for a lot of hip hop because hip hop is like it's almost like time capsules. You know what I mean? Like you hear it in that ear, it's great with in that year and outside of that you kind of a lot of songs they kind of they lose their charm after as time passes but this one doesn't i mean you, you if back when bars were open if if that song came on at a bar you you could guarantee that that uh, people would lose their minds uh, so so i'm gonna go with that one uh some of our facebook picks um, Christy Germain said Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Townsend said The Safety Dance uh, by uh, Men Without Hats, which is classic. A lot of 80s yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mentioned Pop Goes the World Tour too, though, though which is a fantastic yeah. follow. <laughs> They're both so bad. <laughs> Turning Japanese. Yeah. By the Vapors. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Teresa Foran said The Knack, um, My Sharona. Yeah. That also qualifies as an earworm, I think. Yeah. Um, Ice it Ice also Baby qualifies because. as an awesome song because it gives me the opportunity to bend the lyrics into my scrotum, which yes, I, <laughs> which my is da- my daughter. My daughter will never hear it the same again. I'll tell you that. That's important Five to a song. Coronas. Coronas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's just there's a lot here. Ice Ice Baby, uh, Flock yeah. of Seagulls, my, uh, Mike Hamlin. He also picked that one, which is you know 
after my own heart, Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. Anita Ward, right on. I had that on my list, actually. Um, and Walking on Sunshine. Yeah. No, I don't, these songs don't really do a whole lot for me, to be perfectly honest. But you know, <laughs> I definitely want to shout, definitely want to shout them out because uh, we really appreciate the interaction that we get on our Facebook page. So I will leave. Who's next, Ben? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna round mine out. So I'll I'll get my last few in uh, ones that I definitely want to give some honorable mention to. Uh, Naked Eye by Luscious Jackson. Don't know it's, that one. Uh, Oh, really? I know Luscious Jackson, but I don't know the song. No. Luscious Jackson, Naked Eye, came out in, um, it was like mid-90s, 95, 96. They, had, um, they came out on the Beastie Boys Grand Royal label, and actually okay. one, one of the members married one of the Beastie Boys, as I recall. So anyway, yeah, okay. great song. Um, I've got to give some, some love to Big Country in a Big Country. Yes. Uh, definitely great song. Um, and the one other one I did, uh, yeah, I'll mention this one last one, only because, it, it, like, everybody has a genre of music that they're really not fond of, but there's always an exception to the rule. Uh, if you're not a country fan, I'm sure there's a country song out there that you like somewhere. I was never a proponent of hair metal. But for some reason, rat round and round. I just—I don't know what it is about that song, but when it comes on, I'm like, yeah! And the horns go up, and suddenly bring out the Aquanet. I'm ready to go, man. So, have you seen, have you seen the Geico commercial? No. Oh, there's a Geico commercial, and you don't—you don't see it coming. And it's this couple sitting around, and they're—they're they're buying. It's about them buying a new home and all the rest. And then they realize they go down the basement. They go, honey. We have a rat problem. Cut to rat in the basement. Oh, singing. I have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the album called Out of the Cellar, too? That's right, it was. So. Oh, and I laughed so hard. I shared it as soon as I saw it. I said, oh, my God. I did, you, know, you don't see it coming. You know, honey, we've got a rat problem. <laughs> I do remember. Who knows Geico? Oh, that's so great. Oh, All my right. God. So that rounds, that pretty much round and rounds out mine. Okay. I, I'll, I'll round mine up. I've got three real, real quick ones. When I first, we heard first we're doing this, the first, the first song that popped in my mind when it came to One Hit Wonders is a song by a Dutch band called Focus. The song is Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it is awesome. God. It is one of the most killer guitar riffs you've ever seen. You can pull up a video of the band performing the song in the old gray whistle test. It features yodeling, something called elfing. It's got whistling. It's got flutes. It's freaking psycho. But it's the killer riff. Mark, Chris, you know this song? No. You have to watch the guy singing. It's like he's on speed, man. It's it's electric. It's so exciting. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Black Betty by Ram Jam is my next one. Killer riffs. In all the years I was doing radio, it was like the number one request. It still continues to be. I'm so bored of the song. I love it. But it's huge. And my last one is a guilty pleasure. I love... Uh, you give, uh, you get what you give by the New Radicals. Oh, good which, pick. Which I think is just pure joy. This band only lasted two years, maybe three. When I talked about bands that really they knew only had one song in them, the New Radicals. But it's great. There can, you I, can I just say I, I, I was listening to an interview with Paul McCartney one time, and he was they were asking him. So you know, I mean, all the songs they, they wrote like three hundred songs and so many hits the Beatles did, and uh, they were asking him like, when you hear a song like. Like kung fu fighting, 
and, and, and Kung Fu fighting becomes a huge hit. How does that make you feel as like, a, a, I mean, a songwriter and as an artist? And he's like, hey, the ability to write a hit song, that's all we're trying to do. So if they can write a hit song and it's called Kung Fu fighting good on them like they they did they did what we're trying to do every time we write a song we wrote 300 songs and not every single one of them is a hit so you know what i mean it, it's it, it takes something to write a hit and it takes something to have a song that 30 years later you can go 50 or 60 years later you can be like wipe out or detachable penis whatever hey, whatever stays I, with I, you i've been doing all these landmark songs as our one hit wonders there's one that we haven't talked about here it's the most viewed single of all time and it's gangnam style by sai mm-hmm. you know which is like i never ever want to hear that again but uh, you know uh, uh, what do you guys mention about a song in its days <laughs> when he, i think it was you chris who said you know in its day it was huge but when you yeah. hear it back now it's just like it doesn't work but yeah. it worked big time right <laughs> yeah and you, you you can you can actually credit gangnam style for you know smashing open the divide between the uh western music scene and yes. the uh k-pop uh, explosion that's it's happening all over one, the yeah. Western world right now. So uh, wow. yeah, they they do videos like nobody else uh, in 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 South Korea. It's it's pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, and it's it's just getting more and more popular out here. So it's it's pretty it's pretty neat actually. And we'd be remiss if we're going to talk about songs that have left an indelible mark on popular music. Nobody mentioned the first song ever played on MTV, and that's "Video Killed the Radio Star" by the Buggles. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, the no Macarena. Not such a great song, but it, no. well, it's forever. It's forever imprinted in trivia history. That's for sure. What's well, the first song played on MTV? Yeah, there's your answer right there. So. Oh man, that's a good list of songs. And I still yeah. have I still have fifty more. We could do this all yeah. day, and I could be like, "Well, what about this one?" And all of us would be like, "Oh yeah, that's fantastic!" <laughs> it just goes on and on. So. Nineteen ninety-two, gentlemen, King Missile, detachable penis. You know what? My earworm is actually a detachable penis that's in my ear all day now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it won't go away. <laughs> all right, good stuff, guys. All right, I gotta get off to work. All right. See you. Have a good day, guys. guys. Have a good weekend. Ciao, guys. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.